You'll have to excuse my voice. I'm been sick this week, and, and so it might fade a little bit as we get going. In fact, I know we just prayed, but there's a lot of people who are sick, and so I just want to pause for a minute and, and just ask for God's healing presence with us. God, I just want to acknowledge that you are our provider, our protector. Jesus, you are our healer. And so we confess our weakness. We just ask that, that you would pour out your mercy on us, that the many in our congregation who are battling the virus uh, this week, um, you would touch them, that you would bring healing to them. I confess my own weakness this morning and pray for your strength in your anointing, and, and ask that you would work in our hearts today. It's not by our strength. It, it's not by our, our words that uh, people are brought to a knowledge of you. It's, it's by your spirit, Lord. And so we just ask that your spirit would be at work in us this morning, that you'd help us to see the things you want us to see. Open our hearts to respond to your message to us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we, as Jim said, we are one week in to 2024. This is the, the first week in the new year. Now, how many of you kind of make it a practice at the beginning of a new year to set some goals? You, maybe you call them resolutions to do something to kind of take stock and, and, and then look ahead to the new year. A few of you. I, I've been doing that this year. I don't always do it. I don't, I've not been big on New Year's resolutions, but it is a good time to, to reflect a little bit about where things are and, and think about maybe the things that you'd like to see change in the coming year. I thought it'd be interesting to look at the top five New Year's resolutions uh, going into this year. Here they are. Um, improving fitness, improving finances, mental health, Losing weight and a healthier diet. And you could probably put a couple of those for me in there. I know I've, I've gained about 10 extra pounds right here in the little man belly, and, and I'd like to lose that this year. And so I have set some, some plans in, in place, and we've got, what, 51 more weeks to see those carried out, and we'll see. I think it's interesting that four out of the top five New Year's resolutions have to do with health. Four out of the top five. And, and while God's given us, obviously, our, our physical and mental health, and we're to be good stewards of those things and take care of that gift that God's given us, uh, my hope and really my prayer for us as a church this year is that we would just be just as concerned about our spiritual health as we are about our physical health and our mental health. That as we, as we start into 2024, that we would actually be intentional about kind of taking stock of where we are in our spiritual journey and our walk with God, and that we would think about maybe the, the places that God might want to take us in the coming year, areas that we, we could grow, continue to grow in, Wherever we are in our walk with God, we know that God places a higher priority on our spiritual health, on the things of eternal value, because our physical bodies are going to pass away. 
If you've been around Smoky Point Community Church for very long, you know that every January we take a weekend and we have focused on one specific aspect uh, of our spiritual health journey. And we have taken a week to talk about a, a practice that is crucial to our growth, our health, in our walk with God. And that's been our time spent with God and His Word. We've called that our time with God. And we've taken that week and we've talked about a reading plan that's available. We've talked about the importance of us connecting with our Lord as we spend time in His Word on a daily basis. As we talked about what to preach on this January, we, we wanted to come to that again and and focus on our time in God's Word. But we also recognize that that is not the only practice that is helpful to our spiritual health. And so this year, we, we want to talk about three foundational practices that contribute to our spiritual health. And, and those would be our time spent in God's Word, our, our time spent in prayer, and our time spent in Christian community. So all three of those are crucial practices. They're not new practices. They're ancient practices. But they lead to increasing spiritual health and growth. And so we're going to spend a week talking about my time with God, our time in His Word, and a, and a week talking about my time in prayer, your time in prayer, and a week talking about my time in community. And, and I want to just kind of give you a heads up as we head into these three different messages. This isn't new news. And if you've been around church very long, you've heard this stuff before. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but we can have a tendency to tune out the things we already know. We like new information. And so sometimes as a preacher, I, I'm tempted to try and package stuff in some way that people haven't heard before because I realize that we all have this tendency to yawn a little bit, maybe not literally, but kind of look past those things that we've heard so many times before. But it is good for us to be reminded of the things that we already know to be true. In fact, Peter, when he writes his second epistle, says that very thing. As he's about to recount some of the truths that the people he's writing to already know. And, and he says this to them at the outset of his letter. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you have already known them. And have been established in the truth which is present with you. So as we talk about our time in God's word and our time in prayer and our time invested in Christian community, it's not going to be packaged necessarily in a way that you've never heard it before. But my prayer is that even if you agree with these things and are already embracing these things, that you would take it as a reminder from God to you to consider how do you want me to step in these in a new way this year? How do you want me to continue to grow in these areas? Because none of us are done growing yet, right? 
So we're going to kick off this week with my time in community. Your time invested in Christian community. And by community, we're, we're talking about this very thing that Jim said we, <clears throat> we like to call family. God's family. Our body of Christ. The, the Bible uses so many different metaphors to describe what we're calling community this weekend. And as we start talking about this today, I, I want to acknowledge something right at the outset. And that is that Christian community is countercultural. The kind of community that God has ordained for us to be part of, the, the kind of community, the kind of family relationship that He calls us to participate is countercultural. It is not the same kind of culture as the culture that you and I are presently surrounded by and immersed in. That culture is American individualism. And whether you're keenly aware of it or not, individualism is woven through every fabric of our society. It shapes our values. It shapes what we think is right and what we think is wrong, how we interact with people or don't interact with people. It is who we are as a people, as a nation. I'm not going to spend a bunch of time this morning explaining what, what individualism is. I just want to say that's the culture we live in. And I want you to be aware that as we hear the way God calls us to engage in community, th that it is likely that it will make us feel uncomfortable. And that we need to recognize that much of the discomfort that we feel when we're confronted with God's call to invest in community has to do with the fact that individualism is part of who we are as a people. And so as you feel uncomfortable this morning with some of the things God may call you to, recognize where that might be coming. America may have designed individualism, but God has designed community. This community that we're going to talk about today is ordained by and designed by God himself. You know, Paul talked a lot about this, this idea, this, this truth of the family of God, the community of God's people. And in a lot of places where he talks about it, he uses the metaphor of the body, the physical body, to describe that. And one of those places where he talks about that is in 1 Corinthians 12. And we get a, a description here of how God has designed this community. It says this, but now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. Every single one of you, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, have been placed in this community in the way that God has desired you to be placed. If they were all one member, where would the body be? 
But now there are many members but one body. We don't stand as individuals. We stand together just as a body is made up of many parts and functions as a singular body. We are meant, designed by God, to be a community that functions not as individuals, but as an interconnected, interdependent community. Now, when you talk about churches and church communities, there is a, there is a t- statistic or a principle that's at work, regardless of the kind of denomination that you're in. Whether you come from a Catholic background or a Lutheran background, Methodist, Presbyterian, Assembly of God, Christian and Missionary Alliance, there is an 80-20 principle that is universal. And that principle means this, that 80% of the people who are associated with any given body, any given church, are very loosely connected in that community. And only 20% of that church are investing, investing time in true community. And and that comes from independent surveys of all sorts. And that's been true for decades. That most of us, 80% of us, we're here, we gather Uh, maybe regularly, maybe occasionally, we would call this our church, and yet we're loosely engaged. And only 20% of us are answering God's call to invest significant time in living out the community in the way that God has designed us to. And so I want to acknowledge the fact that, as I said earlier, this isn't new news, and that 80% of us have probably already heard this before and have already decided that the reasons that are usually given for why we should be investing in community are not compelling enough for us to invest. And so rather than talking about all of the reasons why we should invest in community, I want to talk about the reasons why people don't. Because if we're part of that 80% and, and we feel like, look, this is enough community for me. I don't really need to invest any more than I am. Then I want to address some of the reasons why people end up in that 80%. And one of the first reasons I think that people give as to why I'm in that 80%, why I'm not deeply invested in community is because I'm simply not needed. I'm not needed. Now, I may not be offended by the fact that I'm not needed, but I just don't feel like my contribution is going to make that much of a difference. In, In the grand scale of the church's economy, what am I going to contribute anyway? And my not being highly invested in community is just not going to make that much of a difference. I mean, there are 
20% of the people who seem to be doing all the work. And I don't know that, that my contribution is going to make much of an impact. You know, that's really not a new reason. The, the very first believers in Jesus, as they began to live out the community, the family of God in their churches, they had people who felt the same way. I don't think there were any surveys back then, but I wonder if they struggled with the same 80-20 principle. And Paul, in another place where he uses the metaphor of the body in Ephesians chapter 4, he says these words. He says, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Let me just dissect that for just a minute. The body is meant to grow. That's God's intent. When every part is working properly, that's what happens. Every part. That means that you have a part. That God, who is the one who has placed you in this body, as he has brought you into his family, has a specific part for you to play. And as each member of the body plays out its part, the body builds itself up and grows. And make no mistake, it's not... Our placement, our decision of where you fit or what you have to do or how you can help this body grow, it's God who has a plan for you. In 1 Corinthians 12, 18, it says, but now God has placed the members, and we read this already, he's placed you, each one of you, here just as he desired. So even though I might feel like I'm not that needed in the grand scale of things, in, in this community, this family, your part is designed by God. The part that you are to play, whether you are or not, has been designed by God himself. And his intent is that every part would be working properly. It does matter. It is needed for the body to function in the way that it's supposed to. Now, some of us who find ourselves in that 80% category uh, would use the reason that I'm really better off disconnected than I am connected. And if there's, if there's a symptom of our American individualism, you can see it here. It's not just hard things that lead people to isolation. 
in our culture. It's all of the good things. In the last few years, there have been so many more conveniences added to our lives, really coming out of COVID, many of them, that make it easier for us to be more isolated. Karen and I were just talking about this the other day. How long, how long has Walmart been delivering stuff? How, how long have they had this drive-up thing where you don't have to get out of your car and you can just get your groceries? I love it. How long have Uber Eats been around? And how many restaurants besides pizza delivered before a few years back? There are so many things, and they're not bad things, but so many conveniences that make it so easy for us to stay disconnected. And then there are also challenges. Because when you dive in, it's awkward. You don't know people that well. Some people you don't really want to know that well. And it doesn't take very long to see that there are some people that are very difficult to know. And so sometimes we just feel that we are way better off disconnected. And you know what? That perspective that is common among those of us who are in that 80% category, that's not new either. As Paul talked about the body in 1 Corinthians 12, he addressed this very reason. He said this, if they were all one member, one kind, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. I might feel like I'm better off, disconnected, that my life is easier. In fact, my life feels better when it's just hunkered down to me and mine rather than engaging in the messy reality of Christian community. But it's just not true. If you're a believer, regardless of your perspective, on whether you need the rest of the body, God says that I do. Even if you're one of those people who I would think, man, you don't contribute much to my life. You're one of those weaknesses in the body. You know what? You're necessary to me. You're necessary. We need each other. And our growth, your growth in Jesus Christ, depends on community. It depends on community. You remember that verse we read earlier? It says that the body grows how? When each part is working properly. It grows and builds itself up in love when each part is working properly. My growth in Jesus Christ is dependent on us. It's dependent on you. And 
And sometimes it's pretty easy for us to convince ourselves that all we need is God's word and prayer, me and God, we got this down, we can grow, I can grow. But it's not true. We may not feel like it's very comfortable, we may not like the truth, but God has designed you and me to grow as we are connected to and invested in the body. That's how we grow. And we will never be the people that God intends us to be without investing in the body of Christ. Investing in community. This phrase, when each part is working properly, is a truth. It's also a challenge. How many of you drive a car? Most of you. So I would imagine that uh, some of you have driven what we would call beaters. <laughs> you ever had a, a beater car? Most of us have. And what's... What's common about a, a car that is kind of a beater? A lot of the parts don't work properly, right? I've had cars where the windows uh, don't roll up right. In fact, they keep falling down. I've, I've had a car where I had to put a screw in to hold the, the window up, so then it never rolls down, but then at least it doesn't open when you're driving in the rain, you know? And you might have cars where the dome light doesn't work anymore, or the, the door locks don't work. My my nice Toyota Tundra that I drive around, the, the automatic door locks, I can't get them to work. I need to get it fixed. All of us can live with a certain amount of improperly working parts. But the more parts that we have in a car that aren't working, the more of a mess it is to be part of, right? And why would we ever choose on purpose to engage in, in a mess like that. And that's how some of us feel. And that's one of the reasons why some of us don't engage and invest in the community of believers. Because they aren't doing their part. And it, it's pretty apparent that if you look at the Christian community as a whole, that there are a lot of us who aren't doing our part because we're kind of a mess sometimes. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why a lot of us don't invest in community because of the brokenness of the body. And if we dive in, it's just too messy. And it's way easier to stay on the fringe. And let's be honest. If you're in the 20% and you're highly invested, well, I'll just speak for me. I know I don't always do my part in the way that God intends me to do it. And I'm sure that I've wounded some people I've let some people down, and you have too. We aren't all 
properly working parts 100% of the time. But still, God calls us to invest time in his community. He has a purpose for us. And when we look at the body of Christ and we think about whether we're going to invest time in the community in the way that God has called us to, we ought to keep this in mind. This principle from Colossians where it says this, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of your inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. You see, if God is the one who has placed you in his community, and he is the one who has given each one of us a specific role to play, then regardless of whether I'm doing my part or they're doing their part, I'm serving the Lord. If he's the one that's given me a role, then I serve him. And my responsibility is to him. And he is the one that will give me the reward for doing the thing that he has created me to do. Really what God has called us to do is be a good steward. You know what a steward is? A steward is somebody who's given responsibility to take care of somebody else's property, someone else's belongings. And each of us as believers are to be stewards of the things that God has given to us. I think it's really significant that, that God tells us to be good stewards of the various ways that he expresses his grace. Now, grace is not just forgiveness for our sins. Grace is not just the righteousness that we have because of Jesus. Grace is also the role that God has given you in the body of Christ, the gift that he has given to each one of us that he means us to express in Christian community. Peter puts it this way. As each has received a special gift, and every one of you has, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking actual words of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever. Amen. You've been given a gift. You've been given a role. And God is calling each of you to express that role, to fulfill that role as a good steward of his grace. And my prayer, our prayer, is that this year would see Smoky Point Community Church's growth in how we live out this community, that we would grow even more as a family, and I want to give just some practical steps. Maybe you found yourself 
in that 80% this morning, and you've got to be honest about the fact that, yeah, I'm not very invested here. And I don't even know how to start. And so let me give you some suggestions. They're probably not the only ones, but here's a few first steps if you want to pursue a little bit more investment in community. We have this class every Sunday during the 9.30 to 10.30 hour that's called Donuts. Let's do donuts, it's called. It's low-key. It's low commitment. All you got to do is show up, eat a donut, have some coffee, sit at a table with people, and there's plenty of time for conversation. Nobody's going to put you on the spot. And then there's a lesson. And it's a pretty low-key lesson. You don't have to have a book. You don't have to do any pre-study work. We're not going to give you any homework. There's just some good discussion about some of the principles that God gives us in his word. And then we leave. And during that time, you get to know some people. And maybe make some connections that you haven't made before. For some of us, stepping into a life group seems like jumping into the deep end of the pool. Donuts is, a, is the shallow end. <laughs> it's easy to wade in to the donuts class. And I would love for those of you who feel like, man, I don't, I don't really know that many people here. I'm not sure I want to be really committed to a group of people I don't know very well. You don't have to come every week. You can come whenever it works for you, but you will get to meet some nice people. I'm teaching the next two weeks in the donuts class. I would love to see you there. You know, maybe some of you have been around long enough that you might be willing to step into a life group. I've got some room in some groups right now. We've got a new group starting on Sunday afternoons that's looking for some new members. We've got a couple of other groups with a little bit of room. I'd love to help you get into a group. It's a weekly commitment, but it's a place where you can be supported and sharpened and encouraged and really begin to invest in community and growth. And the last suggestion I have is serving. You know what? There are so many ways that you can plug in to serving here in the church. We have weekend deacon teams which work on our facilities. And I mean, that sound very exciting, but working alongside a group of people as you're doing some maintenance work or some simple pickup around the, the, the facility here is a good way to connect with people, working with your hands and grabbing a cup of coffee. There's all sorts of needs in our youth ministry, in our children's ministry. And you can serve on a weekly basis, on a Tuesday or a Sunday or a Wednesday, or you could serve on a less frequent basis. You could serve on one of our usher greeter teams. There are so many ways that you could get connected. And it's not just about getting the job done. The fact that you're doing something alongside a group of people on a regular basis begins to make connections, friendships, community. My prayer is that God would stir all of our hearts to think about how he wants us 
to spend our time investing in his community this year. Would you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. God, thank you that when we put our faith in you, you put us in your family. And regardless of whether we feel like we're connected or invested, you've made us your own. But you've called us to something more than disconnection. You've called us to truly be active members in this community, to be part, an active part of your family. And I pray that you would help us to do that. If we have been using reasons to not invest, I pray that you would help us to have the courage to trust you and to step into new things this year. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.